0: has been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Week in Review edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management and Nationwide Money Management, fee-based only firm, and uh, I'm here with Barry Kite, our uh, chartered financial analyst. He's also a certified financial planner, and we're going to talk probably a lot this week about the Fed. They seem to take the headlines. They seem to grab the headlines. Is the market too hypersensitive to every uh inflation report that comes out, to everything the Fed says? Well
1: Well in every data
0: point really at the moment. Yes. To. That just seems to be the story of uh this past week. You know, whenever it never minds the great earnings reports. We had a lot of really good earnings reports come out this past week. But every time, uh, you know, a member of the FOMC hiccups or, uh, you know, talks about, you know, we're going to have to stay on this inflation. And of course, inflation is still here. There's no question about it. We got a hotter than expected PCE report. Barry will describe what that is as soon as we get going here in the show today. And uh, that continues to spook the market that the Fed's going to have to go higher then, uh, we'll say five and a quarter to five and three eight percent. we're currently at four point seven five for heaven's sakes, uh, to get inflation under control and the bond market sells off and the stock market sells off every time that happens. Well, we'll look at the big picture of the market here today. So welcome to today's best stocks Now show with the professional money manager Bill Gunderson. Uh, president of Gunderson Capital Management. I've been a professional money manager, former analyst, uh, writing up research reports on individual stocks for the last 23, 24 years. I've seen uh, the worst of times in the market and some of the best of times in the market. And uh, what I can say is when I got in the market, the Dow was about 3,000 or so, and now it's 33,000, <laughs> so You know, I guess it just kind of puts uh, bad days in the market in perspective. I've sat through a lot of bad days in the market. I've had a lot of bad months. I've seen a lot of bad quarters. I've seen a lot of bad years. I've seen a couple of big bear markets. The the NASDAQ uh, sell-off, the dot-com sell-off back in 2000 to 2002, the financial crisis in 2008 2009 a bottoming of the market in 2009 uh, and the market uh, you know hitting new highs as uh, a fairly recently in the dow uh, and the s&p 500 last year was a bad year you had uh, the fed overactive uh, 475 basis point rate hikes in a row That uh, was very hard on the uh, high PE growth stocks, uh, and it was very hard on the bond funds. Now, we avoided those areas as much as we could in the market in 2022. Uh, We focused more on dividend-paying stocks, a lot of cash, and from time to time, we used uh, inverse funds. This year, back in uh, late December, uh, I started to see the tech stocks bottoming. Stocks like uh, Meta uh, and Netflix and others. And I started to think to myself, you know, the Fed's going to be done in the springtime, which we're now approaching. Uh, It was 86 degrees yesterday in our neck of the woods here in uh, South Carolina in the Charleston area. And, uh, you know, the Fed has said that we'll probably stop with these rate hikes somewhere over just over 5%. But Barry, every time one of the Fed guys, the FOMC members, gives a speech, every time a PPI report comes out, like one basis point over expectations, <laughs> right? the market goes berserk. What say you? Yeah, it's. I mean,
1: we've mentioned it's going to be, you know, very, very data dependent uh, year, and the Fed has said they're they're very data dependent, and so of course. Uh, as you can imagine, as you know, I've never, I've never really. I'm trying to remember back. I, I've never really remember a time where the initial job, weekly initial jobless claims, right, have been so important. Uh, where it's, you know, I mean, we've got you know, continued. They continue to come in less uh, than expected. Uh, you would think eventually expectations would just, you know, go ahead and, okay, let's say 195 because it's, you know, they keep saying 200 and it's always under. Um, but, you know, the PCE numbers came in, which is the Fed's uh, preferred inflation figure. Um, uh, you know, it, to me, it comes in a bit hotter, certainly on the core side at .6. Uh, I think, point you know, point was .4 last month uh, and also, um, you know, it came in higher than expected at .5. Core year-over-year 4.7 versus a 4.4 expected. Um, So you know these are these these, and that's kind of what you're seeing the repricing on Fridays uh, and Friday's action being based off of these inflation numbers. But you know even uh, even you know right after the PCE numbers came out, uh, you know heard uh, in terms of uh, Mester was speaking, uh, Loretta Mester is the Cleveland uh, Fed Reserve uh, Bank President. And, you know, she sees, essentially sees, uh, hiking somewhat over 5%, which is exactly where we've exactly. already said they were going to be. Exactly. So You know, that 4.25 to 5 ish, you know, to 5.5 ish range, I think we got what Bullard this week said 3.75.375. Yeah, 5.28968. Yeah, right. He's going out pie over there. You know these accountants.
0: Well, anyways, I mean, think of the absurdity of it, really, okay? So last year, yes, I mean, you had draconian price rate hikes. And, of course, they slowed down in December to 50 basis points. Now they're in the 25 basis points, and now they're about done. And then they'll see what, you know, happens to inflation along the way. And, uh, you know, we warmed up to growth stocks. They had a great start to the year. Uh, They've stumbled a little bit here recently. There's been a lot of bad days. There's been a lot of good days. Uh, The volatility remains there. They hang on every single minute in the Fed minutes, even the seconds. But think of the absurdity of it all. Okay, so the PCE comes on uh, a tick higher than expected. What are you supposed to do? Sell all of your stocks and go away and then come back when the PCE comes in a little bit lower? It's kind of ridiculous, really. But that's the way the market uh, behaves. That's the surface of the market, okay? That, I'm going to say 10 to 20% of the market is very fluid. Yeah, market, market, it's basically a narrative yeah, yeah very, telling just, a story uh, i mean just based on every single uh, jot until that comes out uh, about the market it's just absolutely ridiculous so you know we haven't changed our stance we became more bullish early this year uh, i published my 12 month target price for the s&p 500 and i have to you know i'll redo my numbers i'm gonna uh, you know recalculate my numbers here and I send out my newsletter every Saturday with that 12-month target price. That's the key to what what, what we do here at, at our firm uh, and the way. Now we still do have, I'm going to say we have about 35% still in cash uh, looking to put it to work. And we have uh, another 7 or 8% of our firm invested in individual bonds that we plan on holding to maturity. But then, you know, I continue to look at uh, some of the great stories that are out there right now. Look at NVIDIA this past week with their uh, stock report and, uh, you know, AI, saying that AI is at an inflection point. Well, there's an opportunity over the next several years finding some of the key players in that. And there are some key players that are now emerging. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Taiwan mo- semi building a new a new place
1: the uh, building a new factory a second factory I think in Japan
0: so you know it just seems like the semiconductor sector uh, I, I I I you know I have a a, a new uh, uh, a EV car I never thought I would say that but I do it's our second car I can't imagine the semiconductors any in that thing <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> everything from the seats uh, to the climate control. To the uh, autopilot, to the steering—I mean, it's just—it's just, un- just incredible—and uh, the technology now that is in the cockpit of a car, a satellite imagery and everything—it it really is incredible. <laughs>
1: more instrumentation than uh, you know probably uh, World War 1 aircraft so.
0: yeah or even you know <laughs> probably the first rocket to the moon I don't know yeah, probably yeah, more than Neil Armstrong he just has I mean. he had switches that he would turn on and off I'm sure inside the the capsule uh, I've got all kinds of <laughs> switches and things available to me so what I'm saying is there's a lot of opportunity out there and you just can't get this hyper focused every single time a report comes out and the market sells off you have to step back and take a little bit longer term uh, uh you know look and perspective on the market i've often used the uh, well i'll talk about it when i come back or uh, my uh, my Painting my artist uh, uh, perspective on the market that I use. This is Bill Gunderson, professional money manager, and we've got Barry Kite. We'll be right back. Welcome back here to the uh, second uh, quarter of today's the Best Stocks Now show. I'll use my uh, artist analogy. My father was a pretty well-known commercial artist, and uh, his claim to fame was he painted some of the largest billboards uh, in uh, in the world. Uh, in San Diego, they would ship those billboards to him in semi-trucks and pieces. He would paint the Marlboro Man back when the Marlboro Man uh, was around, before he got banned from all advertising. And, uh, these billboards were 42 feet high by 90 feet long, and, uh, it was quite something to behold uh, him paint, uh, oil painting renderings. Beautiful. Photographic, uh, you know, uh, photo of the Marlboro man. So, when he'd get down off of his, he had he had a, a, a moving elevator that he painted off of. He'd get down. You gotta step back and look at the big picture once in a while. By contrast, uh, he had uh, he had a little uh, artist colony on the property where he had his uh, big easel on, and he had another artist in there, Paul Detlefson, who was very well known with uh, old kind of Americana paintings. And I'd watch Paul Detlefson paint; his eyes would be two inches from the from the painting as he put a little highlight on the hood of the red car, you know. But every once in a while you gotta step back and look at the big picture, uh, otherwise you get caught up in the minutia and for me, you know the minutiae are these p c e reports, these fed minutes that's a lot of minutia, and you can really just kind of ruin your life <laughs> fretting and worrying about every little thing that comes along. I just think the market doesn't you know this isn't one of those going to be a great year for the market but you can make a case for the market when you just look at the earnings picture. When you back up and step away from the minutes and the Fed minutes and the and and, and the uh, you know the decimal points and the PCE numbers and the CPI numbers, there's still some opportunities out there this year. You know we're not going to have those draconian rate hikes like we had last year. Last year was a year to take your foot the pedal off the metal and really. Apply the brakes and be careful. This isn't a year to put your pedal back on the metal, (coughs) but it seems that disinflation is in our favor this year, and it seems like pretty soon uh, the Fed will be in our favor. There's certainly no signs of any recession yet. I mean, the GDP came in at 2.7% here this past week. Uh, Some people think we're in a mild recession right now. There doesn't seem to be any... uh, evidence of that yet and look at the jobs market there. yeah what
1: <laughs> i saw that it surprised me the conference board yesterday i think you know said that you know they feel like we may already be in you know what they refer to as a very mild recession which also would kind of be hard to tell if you're in one i guess um particularly given like you were saying uh, the employment numbers i mean it's uh you know it's hard to have a deep recession when you're you know essentially beyond full employment uh in terms of your uh you know in, in unemployment figures
0: and not being able to get enough help, the unemployment rate is three point seven the initial jobless claims come in light again this past week, so that's probably the most sticky part. Also of the inflation uh, picture, however, and
1: incomes rose higher than expected in uh, in the PCE. You know, it's part of the uh, part part of that data that comes out uh, with the PCE info. And so, you know, um, you know, uh, in, at the end of the week, we also got uh, consumer confidence was at a, a one year high. So, okay, yeah. apparently, in terms of the consumer, um, you know, short of your egg prices, still probably they've came down come down a bit, but um if you can find them but the uh you know uh, you're gonna number one is we get used to elevated prices over time right and and then you know you kind of uh, that initial shock and then you get used to it and then of course if it you know they don't rise as much or or, or don't rise from there right it's uh um you know because a consumer you kind of get uh you you get accustomed to it right and you continue to uh um, which is kind of reflective, I think, of the uh, consumer sentiment numbers that just came yeah. out.
0: so, I mean, we like, uh, you know, good quality growth companies uh, in this uh, environment, buying them at the right price, that's also critical. Then you step back, okay, so other stories <laughs> from this past week. Uh, China and Russia getting together is not a good thing. And all the rhetoric coming out of uh, Ukraine, I think that's got the market, on edge a little bit uh but then you look at some of the earnings here this past week we're just about at the end of this earning season yeah once you once you
1: start getting some of the a lot of the retailers usually tend to be the the, the ones that come in at the end so we what we got didn't we get walmart earlier? walmart or had or their biggest the biggest quarter week. ever
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah right. home depot struggled a little bit yeah they did And uh, Dillard's, uh, you know, one of the few department stores that's left out there, it struggled a bit also. Uh, But you had NVIDIA report on uh, Thursday with just blowout numbers. We own NVIDIA uh, in our ultra-growth portfolio. And uh, we mentioned semiconductors and, uh, you know, The the we used to say the information superhighway is lined with semiconductors and uh, you know a lot of these EVs they're full of semiconductors, uh, but the you know the leaders are Nvidia, AMD, uh, and ASM Lithography ASML out of Holland, uh, which makes the the necessary equipment for making these uh, high speed uh, chips. Which has certainly gotten a lot faster in my lifetime. I remember my first uh, PC. Uh, I was happy. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven as I watched my uh, spreadsheet clunk along and take about you know 30 seconds to calculate uh, 20 rows by 20 columns. You know, uh, We had back then, we had the very simple spreadsheets. But still, it was a start.
1: Yeah, you didn't put the automatic. Uh, you didn't check the automatic no. calculate
0: box. You had to do it manually. Yes, <laughs> manually. Even now, with my uh, spreadsheet that I have for uh, ranking six thousand stocks, uh, ETFs, and uh, and mutual funds in my database, I still do it manually because uh, there's a lot of a lot calculations. Of formats, yeah. Holy cow! There's a lot. All right, so earning season. <clears throat> All right, here, here, here's the key. We've come from $60 in earnings for the S&P 500 back in 2009. This year, we're looking for about $225 in earnings. Why has the market gone up since 2009? It's very simple. The markets follow earnings. Earnings don't always go up. We had an earnings recession Back in 07, 08, 09, where earnings for the S&P 500 fell considerably. And now, you know, they finally bottomed out in 09. They've been growing ever since, believe it or not. That's a number that I am hypersensitive to, or those earnings numbers. I'm definitely more sensitive to those numbers than uh, the PCE uh, 0.6 versus 0.7. We're once again looking for record earnings this year. Now, that could change. You know, we watch that very, very closely. But you take those earnings and you multiply them by a multiplier and you come up with the target price. I offer two free weeks of my newsletter. The key indicator is in the macro outlook that I publish every week. You can get two free weeks at GundersonCapital.com. We'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Second half of uh, today's uh, Best Stocks Now show week in review. We do a show Monday through Friday. We do it live from uh, from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, very beautiful place uh, in the country. We do it every morning at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can go to my website GundersonCapital.com to listen to the live stream. We archive every show uh, to, the, uh, <clears throat> to the to the uh, to the different uh, uh, podcast sites out there. Also, my uh, website GundersonCapital You can listen at your leisure. Uh, and uh, you know, every morning I, I, we spend uh, several hours before the market opens at uh, nine thirty East Coast time. Uh, in looking at all the top stories of the day, earnings reports, uh, macro forecasts by other, uh, some of the big, uh, you know, big brokerage firms out there. Uh, we look at all the economic reports that come out. But we're really focused a lot on individual companies, individual stocks. Uh, a lot of them were in the news also this past week as uh, we kind of are winding up earnings season for the fourth quarter of 2022, and uh, we've got, uh, what, five weeks left. (laughs) That's about it, six weeks left, and uh, that'll be the (coughs) end of the first quarter in 2023. We are looking, we had record earnings last year. Now, during that span between 2009 and 2023, the only down year in earnings was the COVID year. Uh, And that was also the best year for the market because the market overreacted to COVID uh, initially. And then about by the end of March, it started to figure out that COVID was going to eventually uh, come and go. And we would get back, uh, the U.S. economy would come back. And there would be extreme demand at that point, which there was. So 2020 was a very good year for the market. A lot of speculation taking place, however. We go back and look at some of those stocks that roared in 2020 like Etsy and TeleDoc and Fiverr and, the, and, and, and stocks like that, uh, kind of uh, frontier-type stocks, and, and they've come down a long ways, 70 80%. Now, what happened is the multiples expanded, the price-to-earnings ratios, the price-to-sales ratios, the price-to-cash-flow uh, ratios. Why did they expand so much? Well... We had zero interest rates, all right? So that leads to more speculation in the market. And you had all that cash lossing around, and you had uh, people with a lot of time on their hands. You saw Bitcoin go to 66000 You saw other uh, stocks that had no business being where they were, yet they went to those levels, Coinbase, etc., and, uh, and that all came crashing down at the start of 2021, really, when the Fed first started mentioning, you know, we're going to have to cool things down a little bit here. And then, of course, 2022, they took draconian action. And uh, that those interest rate hikes rein in P.E. ratios, price-to-sales ratios, price-to-book... And, boy, did they. You know, we started. And
1: investor confidence. And investor confidence.
0: (laughs) So a a little over a year ago, the P.E. multiple of the S&P, the forward P.E., was up around 23. We've contracted to about 17.5 is where we're at right now. So much of last year's loss in the market was the multiple contraction. Earnings actually came in at record earnings once again. We're expecting record earnings again this year, and now I think the multiple is probably contracted as far as it's going to go. It seems to be hanging in. The long-term average of the S&P forward P.E. has been in the 16 to 18 range, and that's where we're kind of fluctuating uh, depending on the day and uh, the news coming out on the economy and especially inflation. But, uh, you know, if we can hit record earnings again and we can get this uh, P.E. ratio somewhere in the 17, maintain that 18 area, we can still have a constructive year. And we've seen a return to the growth stocks. Last year, the growth stocks were shunned because they were in the eye of the hurricane. You know, the the higher the P.E. ratio, the NASDAQ, for instance, was down 35% last year, while the Dow was only down 10% because the Dow has... Lower P.E. stocks, dividend payers, they're looked at differently in a rising. They become more desirable in a rising interest rate environment than your high P.E. stocks. Then things started to shift about November of last year. We called the bottom in the NASDAQ in early January. We started buying back in. I mentioned NVIDIA. I think we bought that on January the 18th. That was the uh, time frame when we were looking for some of the really high-quality growth stocks to get back into that we've owned uh, over the years. And uh, even though the extreme volatility from day to day, and it is extreme, but it's part of the market, uh, you have to step back and look at that big picture from time to time. Okay, now, let's take a look. I I saw some big, big uh, numbers coming out on the oil sector this past week. It's been volatile. You know, we're at about $76 per barrel in oil right now. I saw a CEO for uh, Pioneer National Resources, PXD, pretty big company, refinery company, etc. They see $100 oil by summer. Uh, We've also seen natural gas just get trashed this year because of the warm winter in uh, Europe. Uh, but then we saw blowout numbers from uh, Chenier, LNG. Now, last year, we did real well. The uh, energy stocks were one of the few sectors that performed that were up in 2022. Uh, we had quite a bit of exposure, especially to the liquid natural gas, because of the situation in Europe with the, uh, with the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, in Europe, uh, begging practically for, for natural gas to get through the winter. Well, as f- luck would have it, they've had a mild winter. Natural gas prices have plunged, but you would think at some point in here, you're seeing a bottom in natural gas. And that big blowout number from LNG this past week. I think, uh, you know, maybe not yet, but I think you can start looking at some of those uh, natural gas stocks. Again, APA, Devon Energy, uh, LNG is probably the premier uh, natural gas stock. They they run that big Sabine Pass down in the uh, Texas, Louisiana area that converts natural gas to, uh, to liquid natural gas. It's put on ships. It goes to Russia. Uh, not to Russia, to Europe. Because of Russia.
1: Yeah, and regardless, that pipeline doesn't exist anymore. So <clears throat> it's got to come from
0: somewhere, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to start to see uh, natural gas uh, prices start to edge up a little bit. Okay, the other big thing, the other phenomenon this year <clears throat> has been uh, the dollar. The dollar has been very, it started off, it, you know, the dollar was very weak last year Because, uh, you know, the market felt like the Fed was behind the curve. And uh, then uh, all of a sudden we started to see some disinflation. The dollar started to rise. And that pretty much brought a halt. It seems like every rally in the precious metals, (laughs) gold, silver, you had a little one-month rally, maybe two months, and it looked kind of promising. We bought one little position uh, that, that... was a, a mining company that d- had exposure to gold, aluminum, other other things. Uh, but now that rally has just been snuffed out because the dollar has started to rise once again against other currencies around the world. And that's also, uh, you know, the emerging markets were looking pretty good there, uh, you know, as the dollar was falling. But now all of a sudden with the dollar rising again, uh, China especially has been selling off, I'm not a fan of the emerging markets. I know they're supposedly growing a lot faster than than our economy is. You go to places like Vietnam and and other places where uh, a lot of the uh, you know the the manufacturing is is moving to. It, it's just a real tough market to play. Well, in owning other U.S. conglomerates
1: too, I mean, they're, you know, they're making things there, right? So you're getting the benefit, right, of say emerging market, you know, cheaper labor, other input costs that are cheaper. So, you know, it, it, ancillary, right, like an Apple or, you know, or, or just name a, you know, a Nike or name a, you know, any kind of big, uh, conglomerate company that's, that's heavily in,
0: into manufacturing.
1: They're benefiting from, from, you know, you're getting emerging market exposure there, whether
0: you know it or yes, not, really. Exactly. And, uh, the other thing that, uh, I would say here is if you're there, you know, look, I've, I've been in the business for 24 years. There are some people that probably don't belong in the stock market because they can't take the heat. They can't take the volatility. Uh, they are uh, risk-averse. So when we come back, I'll tell you some of the areas that we've found pretty attractive uh, for the risk-averse. This is Bill Gunnerson and Barry Height will be right back. You got to go where you want to go. Welcome back here to the final segment of today's The Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. We are a nationwide fee-based only firm, and uh, you can set up an appointment with us. We uh, talk uh, via, you know, Zoom or telephone. We don't have offices all across the country. We are... Uh, centrally uh, managed, and uh, that's how we've done business for a long time because we have uh, radio shows heard across the country. You can call us at 855-611-BEST, eight five five six eleven best We're active managers. We're not passive, okay? Uh, I see a lot of passive portfolios that transfer to us. And they've got all the usual suspects. They've got, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, mutual funds. It's an asset allocation, basically, what it is based on your age. And we just think that there's a lot more factors than your age. In a rising interest rate environment, no, it doesn't matter what age you are, bonds are going to get clobbered. The bond funds were not a good place to be last year. And they're still really not that great of a place to be because the uh, interest rates still remain pretty, uh, pretty volatile. Uh, and, of course, the stock market. You know, we went kind of easy on the stock market last year because of that uh, very aggressive Fed. But we've gone a little bit more aggressive this year uh, with our uh, growth stocks. Now different levels of risk let's begin <clears throat> with uh we i run an emerging growth fund okay that usually has about 20 stocks in it when it's fully invested and these are stocks that uh you know are are, are a little bit uh on the smaller side i mean these this isn't boeing this is not uh, ibm etc uh, these are emerging growth companies i'll just give you an example here uh uh, you know of, of a stock that we own in that uh we own uh, for instance uh flex which is a chip uh making company out of uh, singapore uh it's a smaller company but that's okay so that's that's at the down at the 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 furthest end of the scale for being aggressive and it depends on your situation and your risk tolerance where whether or not you would want to have any exposure uh, to an aggressive growth fund like that, emerging growth. Okay, then the next step up uh, on the risk ladder, we I run an ultra growth fund, uh, and that's more. You know, there's you're going to find your uh, 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 AMD and Lam Research and uh, uh, Nvidia, etc. Some of the aggressive growth stocks. Uh, that are out there on the frontier a little bit on some of the booming areas uh, of today, at uh, artificial intelligence, uh, semiconductors, uh, maybe they have a brand, uh, maybe it's a turnaround play, and we, when it's fully invested, we own uh, 20 stocks in that one also. Then you go one more rung up the ladder, and I run a premier growth fund. Now, these are your large cap. Uh, growth stocks, your AMDs, uh, your Apples, uh, your uh, Broadcoms. Uh, companies like that have been around, more seasoned, uh, that uh, but still growing, okay? Still leaders in their industry, not laggards, leaders in their industry. Now we go one more step up, uh, or one more step down, I guess, on the risk ladder would be dividend and growth. These are companies that have been great growth stocks they're still growing but now they're starting to get so big they pay a dividend <coughs> microsoft would be a good example of that taiwan semiconductor would be a good example of that that's for people that still need growth need to stay ahead of the curve and uh you know have a stomach you still got to have a stomach for that Uh, These companies go up and down with the market. When the market's down uh, 2% on a really bad day, you're going to see that kind of volatility in in a growth uh, fund. And then we go down to, this is the one I want to feature here in the last few minutes here, for people that have very little tolerance for risk. We're finding in this environment, with the interest rate environment being what it is right now, it's pretty good. I mean, the two-year... Uh, is at, what, 4.6, 4.7 right now, like that, on a two-year U.S. Treasury. Well, (coughs) individual bonds, say three to five-year, like let's just take, for instance, Broadcom, Uh, we own their bond, and uh, you're finding really good rates between eh, five and a half is kind of our target right now, to six maybe.
1: Yeah, they've been uh, and it's I mean and you're talking about, you know, a, a credit in Broadcom, right? That we own. you know, we're comfortable owning their uh, their equity and so by default, right, you're you're comfortable holding their 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 bonds because you're exactly. further, up, further up on the capital structure. So,
0: so I suppose, you know, if it, and you know, there's a lot of uncorrelated assets to the stock market. I've looked at them all. I do not like anything like untraded uh non-traded REITs. I don't like annuities. The expenses are so high. There's really very little expense in owning, let's say, 10 to 12 individual bonds and holding them to maturity. Uh, you know, if someone said, hey, you, here's the stock market. It's going to do 55 to 6% per year for the next three years, and you're going to see very little the volatility in that. That's a pretty good way to go. Now, the selection of the bonds is critical, obviously. Getting your principal back is critical at the end of the term. And getting a nice coupon rate uh, along the way is also very critical. So uh, we're pretty proud of the results that we've put up. And last year, we hedged our bond fund. We bought an inverse uh, interest rate uh, ETF, TBT. I think it was up about 80% last year because as interest rates go higher, it went higher. And it provided a very nice hedge against the individual bonds uh, that we own. So now, Barry is a chartered financial uh, analyst and a certified financial planner. It's his job to have a chit-chat with you and decide where you're at on the risk scale, what your timing is like, uh, what your needs are. And, uh, you know, we put together a plan for you and we make a portfolio for you. That you know could be very aggressive or very safe or somewhere in the middle, depending on where you're at. And uh, I do uh, the managing of the portfolios. I've been doing it for 24 years, uh, and uh, I send out my newsletter every week, which shows what we currently own in these portfolios. You can get two free weeks of that by going to our website. Uh, at GundersonCapital.com, that goes out to our clients and subscribers only each week. I have a lot of do-it-yourselfers also that follow us and get the newsletter. Two free weeks at GundersonCapital.com, or give us a call for a portfolio review: eight five five six eleven best, eight five five six eleven best. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.